Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. VGK looks to extend its series lead in Game 4 of the best of seven. Can the Road Warriors keep the unbeaten streak alive and head home to Las Vegas with a 3-1 to series advantage? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick, your team VGK every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate that. Our podcast is free and available wherever you do get your podcast. Of course, you could find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco. That's me. At TD Chris G, that's him. I'm the other guy. Subscribe on our YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. And we are brought to you today by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockdown NHL for $20 off of your first purchase. So, Chris, VGK coming off of the dominant uh, performance on Monday night, the 5 to 1 VGK victory. And uh, on the road now, their streak. At 12-0-3 officially, we didn't have those numbers officially in yesterday's show, uh, through the last 15 games. So Bruce Cassidy, his message to the team on Tuesday was to continue to win the puck battles, which they did very well in the third game. Uh, Defend between the blue lines, again, in that neutral zone. And then most importantly, I think, is to stay disciplined. Who will have a target on their back in game number four tonight? Mark Stone cross-checked uh, repeatedly in the first and some of the second game of this series. Uh, we saw Evander Kane go headhunting on Alex Petrangelo in game Literally. number three. Yeah, and um, he took a lot of shots away from the puck as well. That's been the Oilers' MO to pick out one player and to go after that player. So could it be Marcia So? Could it be Jack Eichel? We'll have to see. I think that they will definitely mark someone. And Cassidy said something prophetic. He said it hurts to win, <laughs> but you have to play discipline because, again, an illustration of that is Petrangelo, where he gets socked in the head there with a cross check. <laughs> that was pretty nasty. <laughs> so that's going to be a major key tonight. And for VGK, again, stay out of the penalty box. Um, again, they did a great job on the PK, and the Oilers were just 0 for 2 on the power play. Uh, starting with the penalty box, I just. Edmonton had, I think, just one one or two full power plays the entire game, I believe. Then they had a shortened power play. Um, or it might have been a power play that got negated. Whatever it was, they had very limited power play opportunities. Okay. So starting right there, they're going to get more opportunities. Just, you know, people are working the officials and those conversations are happening. It's just the nature of the beast. I'm not complaining by any means. Just simply saying there might be a little bit of home cooking in this game. And VGK had their share of home cooking and road cooking, obviously, uh, wins excuse me, this past Monday in game three. So, you know, if the calls do tilt a little bit towards Edmonton, that's OK. VGK will have to do their best to stay out of the box, do their best to kill those penalties. And, you know, let's uh, give some major kudos to Aiden Hill, who knock on whatever uh, would like devices around you right now, folks. Aiden Hill in three and a half periods of hockey has not allowed a single goal from the Edmonton Oilers. So 
that's very, very noteworthy. Maybe he's got something figured out in the power play that just others didn't. So let's certainly hope that everything uh, works well from there. And then everything else will obviously take care of itself. You mentioned who might be a marked man and stuff like that. I don't think we see a lot of that this game. I think Edmonton really needs to focus on winning. When we get to our second segment, I'll give you some stats about teams that go down 3-1 and how that shakes out historically, and it's not good. It's not good. So Edmonton's going to focus on winning, and the rest will take care of itself, I think, from there. Okay, Aiden Hill. He comes into each of the last two games in a relief effort. He doesn't have time to think, but now – He has like a full day and a night and then he goes to the rink and he's got to go through the mental preparation. And I'm just curious what his response will be like. And especially if the Oilers come out with their first goal again within the first three minutes of a game. Poise. VGK has done a good job if Edmonton does get that first goal in two of the three games of the series so far. And I believe they flashed a stat ESPN that is where VGK was three and two in their previous five when letting the first, when allowing the first goal. So, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal if they do score first, you know, that crowd is amazing in Edmonton. Um, They're very passionate. And apparently they like, they like pouring drinks on the golden Knights now too, or at least they, they try Did you see that video with the person that poured truly on the glass? Like, yeah, it was on the glass. Kind of silly. It's just, stupid i know um but besides that the fans are very passionate up there and very loud and i yeah, mean can you good. imagine what that arena would have sounded good. like they're yeah no, they're, they're, they're a great fan base they're a great fan base besides the clown and the truly um can and you the, imagine the what that, that arena would have been off to we saw the yeah well off. whatever that's fine so it'd be i know family show i do use that finger i saw you're good tony yeah, yeah. you're good but imagine what it would have sounded like game two if the oilers would have got three goals bang 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 at home that place would have been absolutely deafening and you know, you take that crowd out of the game, all of a sudden you got something going. So VGK needs to keep their poise, even if Edmonton or win, Edmonton gets that first goal of the game and, you know, find a way. They got to keep the game five on five for as long as possible because VGK is not the better team. They're the dominant team five on five right now. I think um, I saw someone, I forgot who, but I think VGK has outscored them 10 to four. In five on five play right now, so keep this keep the amount of players on the ice level five on five, four on four. I'll even take our chances, but keep it even, and then the rest will take care of itself. And we got a good shot to take it back home three to one. Now, the public is all over the Edmonton Oilers. My buddy Chris Condos gave me a, a little, uh, little little tidbit. Yeah, the odds are uh, 180, so plus 160 approximately. Plus 160. But like 68% of the public loves the Edmonton Oilers. And I'll give you a clue about these sports books, folks. They weren't built by the American public winning bets. So just, you know, just throw that out. Okay, so, so Jay Woodcroft. Oh, by the way, what did you have for breakfast today? Uh, Jay Woodcroft, when he was interviewed there uh, behind the bench uh, after the first period, Good. He was saying that he wanted his team to move forward, and Leah Hextall did try to get him to elaborate on that, but he didn't really. He just said, well, we just have to push the puck a little bit more. And again, just that tentativeness. <laughs> What's he was tentative funny? in the interview, even. Yeah, no, the tentativeness <laughs> of his team. Like, uh, I just, here's a team that can score, like, a goal here a minute, pretty much. And now, all of a sudden, they're overpassing. And then also that Edmonton defense was quite, as you might say, leaky. They were definitely leaky 
uh, in game number three. So I'm just wondering the whole series, even even game two, they were a little bit leaky at times. Yeah, pretty interesting, though. So hopefully, you know, they are able to shoot the puck and then we have a better game. I think the fans want to see a pretty good game. Not no, five to oh, one, no, one, I, I want I want a five, five to one VGK winner. <laughs> you do? Okay. I want so, a five to one VGK winner. I don't want a good game. I mean, listen, if VGK, if it's a close game, VGK comes out on the wrong side, I'm okay with that. Um, of course, we hope for the win. I'm curious what Woodcroft does have because Connor, Mc, I think under the McDavid era, they're like going into game two like 7-0 and coming off of a loss or just something stupid like that. Stupid in a good way. You know, stupid with the one finger, not the middle finger. But, you know, it's they're that good. And is that Woodcroft? Is that just Edmonton and Dreisaitl, you know, saying, okay, stop it. We got to, you know, whatever it is, you know, they, they're very good coming off of a loss. So hopefully uh, Cassidy has something up his sleeve. And I, I was thinking about this earlier. I wonder what the game plan is for Cassidy. VGK is coming back no worse than two and two right now, which though the home ice advantage still, whether that matters or not, who the heck knows, but home ice advantage VGK, no matter what, will be a favorite to win this series, win or lose after game four. So you almost wonder if Cassidy goes pedal to the metal, as far as the four check goes, just an absolute relentless VGK is either winning this game, you know, seven to four or losing this game nine to two, like, that type of vibe as far as just an all out assault. And I don't know if that's the best idea or not, but you know, I don't think VGK, VGK had a great effort in game three. I don't know if that same effort is going to be good enough to beat Edmonton in what can be expected to be their best effort of the season. So if they're going to have their best effort, we better elevate our game a lot over game three. Cause you know, Edmonton's going to come out smoking and they're going to score in the first four minutes because well, they're Edmonton. And uh, what's the response going to be? And who's yeah. who's going to offer the response? Exactly. And Cassidy wants his team to cut down on those odd man rushes. We saw three of them uh, by Edmonton in the first period. Again, yeah, that was the, you, that was the system. Pretty much, they were pinching way too much. Getting in, yes. defensemen can't get in that deep against an Edmonton team. I'm sorry. Oh. I just thought that that was a really bad strategy. And I think I'm starting to really believe that there were a few things that Cassidy's been saying that I think he's getting from this show. I want him on the show to talk music with us. I mean, he was talking about, hey, if Dreisaitl scores that goal, it's a different game. The one that rang off the post. Well, we were saying it rang off the post. We said it would have been a different game if Dreisaitl put that puck in there. I was waiting for a Pearl Jam song reference in there somewhere. No, too, no, but... no I'm not, I don't want to go there again. I ran out of Pearl Jam Tune. Yeah, no, I was thinking about a few. I could have probably kept on going, but I, I waved the white flag on that. Um, I... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a song. I can't, no surrender, whatever. Anyway, moving forward, that's cheap trick. Um, but going past that, I mean, yeah, Cassidy, he definitely, whatever they they adjusted, they made an in-game adjustment to stop allowing all those odd man rushes. It wasn't Edmonton necessarily changing their strategy. Cassidy did something. He's probably not going to say what he did, but you know, I think with the system, when you have an aggressive forecheck against a fast team like the Edmonton Oilers, it has to be executed to perfection. Hopefully you're going to disrupt the speed, the rhythm of the first breakout pass. And if you don't do that, your second wave of defense better be in the right spot. Because if your defensemen are not already in the process of skating backwards and that breakout pass starts, you're screwed. And here here they come, two on one, three on two, three on one even. I mean, so 
good job to however they adjusted in the first period, but they can't allow three man rushes in the first, or it might be four nothing at by the end of the first period. Again. I was I was impressed with VGK's offensive execution in uh, in game number three. Fantastic. And here's something about the totals because this is a gambling town, the mecca here in Las Vegas. So hmm, under. The odds makers move the line from six and a half to seven in each of the last two games. We get a total of six goals in each game, but those six goals came with plenty of time to score goal number seven, perhaps an empty netter, something else. Shenanigans. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. So I just want to make that point. They know. If you would tell me a team scores five goals and these games are going under, I right. thought you were crazy. Right, exactly. Same thing here. And they're scoring them pretty early, you know, in the contest. And you're thinking, oh, wow, I'm going to get that number easily. And then they just back off. And we're seeing each team where, especially in games two and three, the five to one uh, games in each direction, where they'll push a lot and then they'll back off because they want to try to preserve some energy because they're both expecting each team expecting a very long series, perhaps. Six. We haven't had best on best six. We have not had a best on best game yet. I'm really curious to see what that looks like. I would love to see that. That's what I'm saying. That would be pure game eight. Game eight could be best on best game eight. I'm looking forward to that. So is tonight a must win for the home team for the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, We could talk about that. Perhaps Edmonton might be pressing a little bit in this game uh, here on their home ice. And VGK should be playing very loose and with nothing to lose. We'll explore more about that. We return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you are looking for some talent, you definitely need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, you can interview, and you can hire all in one place. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you to do it all. The fact that Indeed can streamline uh, the powerful tools that help you match candidates, Uh, they have instant match. Over 80% of the employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. So that's really good news. Uh, We get you a step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So join the more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is good for a limited time only. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick here from Las Vegas. And don't forget our Friday feature, WTF. No, don't go there. It's what the Friday. Eh, some days week. it's there. Uh, some days it is there, for sure. Um, and for some of the fans in each city in Las Vegas and in Edmonton, we've seen the middle finger. So it is WTF. So, so Chris, ESPN even had it in, in their open for, I, it's for crazy, game right? two. And then, so and then after they won, it's I love it. It's so much fun. Um, so are we going to see a very desperate 
Oilers team on the ice against VGK tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think the game starts kind of status quo where both teams will feel each other out. Eventually, Edmonton will get that goal in the first three or four minutes, which they always seem to do. But as the game progresses, especially if it's close or if VGK is winning, which, of course, we all hope that's going to be the case, Edmonton's going to press and press and press. And it would not surprise me if McDavid and Dreisaitl spent nearly 30 minutes on the ice to this game, probably 26 of them together, 26 minutes together. Uh, according to the puck reports, teams that fall behind three and one in the playoffs, it's a 90-10 proposition. 90% of the time, if you are down three to one, you're toast. Uh, it's only happened, I think, 30-something times, according to the puck report. Unfortunately, one of those times was uh, San Jose over Vegas and uh, that not a major drama. So hopefully uh, let's get up three to one and hopefully we don't find our name on that list for the second time in uh, just a few short seasons because that would absolutely suck if that happened. But back to Edmonton, you expect their best effort of the game. You expect them to come out absolutely firing on every single cylinder that they have. McDavid and Drysdale are going to do their thing. Haven't seen much from Nugent Hopkins this series and Evander Kane outside of shenanigans. So you expect them to be pressing a little bit more. Uh, their defensemen uh, going to be doing what whatever they can. And, you know, goaltending, Skinner, Campbell, like who knows where they're going to go there in their most important game of the season. And it's nice that they have that question in their head right now. And you better bet Woodcroft, whoever he sends out there, going to be a short leash. So, I mean, if BGK can flip the script and get an early goal, and take it to him a little bit, you get that crowd out of the game, all of a sudden Edmonton's going to press and press. And uh, like you said, Tony, in, in uh, yesterday's show and uh, on uh, Twitter a few times today, they're going to be second-guessing themselves. You get Edmonton second-guessing, you take the instinct away from them, it becomes a much easier out at that point. Yeah, for sure. It's a, a mental game as well, and especially during a grueling series. It's mental and, warfare. I mean, it's yeah, called what it, it is within yourself. It is, it is that chess match back and forth, and – I am just most intrigued, especially in a series, uh, and just the, the adjustments and the games within the games. And some of the gamesmanship, we've heard players, well, maybe we'll get the calls in this next game. Maybe the calls will start turning our way. VGK has been doing an awful lot of lobbying. And Cross got Cassidy. the best ref in Connor McDavid out there, so he knows all. He, McDavid's and the Wood, best ref. Wood, so. Woodcraft had some other words, too. Don't lobby through the media. Okay, so... VGK in game number three. Imbecile. Amazingly, He's imbecile. Imbecile, <laughs> imbecile of the week. VGK <laughs> held uh, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Evan Bouchard even, whose name I didn't even mention in the last show, off of the score sheet in game number three. And I listened to ESPN. That's where I got three shots total. No, it was three shots for Dreisaitl and three for McDavid. It was six shot, shots between those two. And it was minus four, minus two apiece. They just kind of lumped everything together. What do they yeah, know? Bad day for hockey? ESPN. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to talk about more ESPN in a couple of minutes here. But again, I think that, you know, Cassidy's been listening to the show because what does he say? 100%. 100%. Oh, he's talking about neutralizing. We talked about this last week. You know, <laughs> who do you neutralize? Do you neutralize? Do you try to neutralize Dreisaitl? Or do you try to neutralize? They neutralized both of them. Do you try to neutralize McDavid? I said, pick your poison the other day. I think they need to be much, separated. They're going to be on the same line for starters. I think they're going to try to come out with some firepower. I do. I really do. They have to. Yeah, they have to score, they score early and often. If if Edmonton scores that second goal and it's suddenly two to nothing, 
that definitely uh, increases their chances of winning this game. Yeah, so I mean, the reason I I would lobby for separating McDavid and Dryasen at least for as long as you can, assuming the game is going the way Edmonton wants wants them to, is VGK is going to load up defensively. They're going to get our best defensive unit. You're going to see obviously a lot of Stevenson's line out there against McDavid and Dreisaitl, a lot of Mark Stone, even a lot of Jack Eichel out there. You know, depending on how things are going, if you separate those two. Now Cassidy is going to be on his heels deciding, okay, which line do we load up against defensively, which might open up an opportunity finally, which hope we hope doesn't happen, but for someone that doesn't ride with McDavid or Dreisaitl to score a goal and pitch in on that third and fourth line. So by separating those two, maybe they can create some mismatches. But when you're Woodcroft, like, are you going to go down swinging with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl on separate lines? I don't think so. That's a... Uh, that's a recipe for your GM to rethink the pro their, you know, your strategy as a head coach. I, I think that's that discussion might happen anyway at the end of the series for Woodcroft, but we'll see exactly how things shake out. I think Cassidy is going to uh, win the chess battle, so to speak. I think uh, Cassidy's been playing chess a little bit longer. He's played a few more playoff games, and we have some good firepower of our own. We don't have Dry Settle or McDavid, but we have a team. We have four lines who are contributing, not necessarily. Uh, line four on the score sheet as much as the other lines, but line four is, is playing good defensive hockey, keeping the other team off the board, and they are earning offensive zone faceoffs for our top three lines to go in there and hopefully do something with. So I like VGK's chances. Um, Edmonton's going to have a ton of adjustments and a ton of things up their sleeve, and if the game gets away from them, I'm curious exactly what happens. I'm curious if the game is close who the first team is going to be to make that move and make that adjustment and start taking those chances. Okay. If you don't like a close game here in game four, you're definitely not going to like game seven. <laughs> you're going to be a mess. Um, I'm concerned again about Aiden Hill and the goaltending overall. Now we've got Jonathan Quick as the backup. And in case you have not heard, Loren Borsois <laughs> still is out. Well, well, I thought you were going to say the other guy. The other guy. The other guy is coming up. The, he's definitely going to. He's, he's got to be in Edmonton now. He's got to be. They had to Yuri fly him Pater- up if he wasn't there already. Yeri Pateras probably on the Canadian Express um, to Edmonton overnight. And no, I, I just think again, I, I'm not. I'm still not sure that this combination of goalies in the end will be the one that gives them the cup. I still, I've said this from day one. You said that about Logan Thompson, to be fair. I said and, that about every single one of them, and they've proven, they proven me wrong. I'll, hey, you know what? I'll eat crow. Well, uh, it's I the just, defense, though. It's, it is the it's, defense, and they played their best game, I thought, of the playoffs uh, the last game out. I did. I thought that they did exactly what they needed to do. Again, all of a sudden, you see Connor McDavid speeding up through the neutral zone, and then all of a sudden, there's a ton of traffic like right in the middle. So they clog the middle, they force him outside and then he doesn't shoot the puck because they're tentative. That's exactly what they did. If they could replicate that, they win the, they win this next game. They win the game. It's a, it's a turnkey situation for the goalies. Um, Darcy Kemper is a Stanley cup champion, correct? Yeah. We thought he stunk. Yeah. Someone, our goalies don't stink. Yeah. Our goalies definitely don't stink. And I think, you know, he had the ability, but, he got a pretty good defense in front of him and a pretty good team in front of him. So, you know, it'd be nice if Aiden Hill can steal a game somewhere in the series if if called upon. But all our goalies need to do is make their layups with his defense. And Aiden Hill went above and beyond making his layups in game three. And game four, yeah, you mentioned the mindset. You know, it's like um like a pitcher. You know, you got the 
you have a, a closer that becomes a setup man or a setup man that becomes a closer. Maybe that messes with the mind a little bit, but Aiden Hill, what was he? Six, what did we say? 16 and seven, 17 and six, yeah, uh, yeah, no, 16, two, and seven. four, five and a nine, one, seven. So yep, he's, yep. he's going to be okay. He's ready for this. He's ready for this. Okay. Coming up next, a sports center joke gone awry. And we'll also have our predictions and the lock of the night. It comes to you right next, right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals for tickets on the day of the event. So, Chris, you had a $100 credit too, right, in the Game Time app. And you actually utilized it the other day. It was last minute. Oh, yeah, it was. I I bought the morning of. Um, Really fast Game Time app. And this is is – Sure, it's a slightly paid endorsement, but I also spent my own money too in the process. But it's a heck of a lot easier than access. You have your views from your seats. When you log on, you literally just click and boom, there's everything. Where in access, you're clicking those little dots and stuff and trying to see how much this ticket is. You have to unclick, you have to go back. But then when you click back, it takes you all the way back. And uh, game time, like just go look at the app. You don't got to buy anything. Just go and look and you tell me what you like better, guys. No, I definitely liked it myself, and so you utilized it the other day, and you used it the last minute, right, too, because great deals as the yeah. ticket prices started to come down. Afternoon, got, it was like, it was after, it was four, less than four hours ahead of the game. And you got some good seats there, and you could do the same thing, just download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, it's the Game Time app, and make sure that you uh, log on and you will get $20 off of your first purchase. Just redeem, uh, use the redeem code locked on NHL. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day. So the Golden Knights. They play the Edmonton Oilers tonight at 7 o'clock Pacific. It's game four, and VGK could come home with a chance to clinch the series with the win at the Rogers Center. Catch every minute of the action of the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the XXM app. And don't miss What the Friday, that segment coming up again this week. Every Friday, we let you, the fan, the sports fan, spout off about something good or bad about VGK. On WTF, leave your comments on Twitter or on our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Okay, it's the SXM. I did it in one take, man, before. I'm so mad at myself. Okay, so Chris, and sorry to put you on the spot with the Game Time app, but I just... No, it was easy. Practically, it was so (laughs) easy. It's simple. I'd be going through there and looking for tickets and some ticket deals for concerts because that's my jam. I think so, my uh, quote was maybe the fair fall or otherwise. It was you have the game time app, you got fifty feet of crap, and then you got the access app. That's my endorsement, and that says it all. So download that today. Okay, a very bad Sports Center joke by ESPN anchor John Anderson goes viral on Monday night. It offended VGK's Zach Whitecloud, and fans also took offense. Whitecloud is the first Indigenous NHL player from the Sioux Valley, Dakota tribe. And so in doing the highlights, uh, we saw where Anderson tries to make a joke that really wasn't funny, saying that White Cloud's name sounds like a brand of toilet paper. Just unnecessary commentary. And see, so back in the day, the Sports Center anchors actually knew the players 
and the teams, as those highlights are coming up, they could have told you everything about White Cloud or about any player that was on the ice. And see, that's the part that kind of got to me was just, yes, it was a last minute thing. Yes, he scored the goal. They get the highlight package. They throw it to them, I'm sure, the last minute. And SportsCenter thought that the game was worthy of even putting the highlights on. If, Stanley, if I, I don't know if I'm correct or not, but I, th- I think that they showed those highlights before they showed everything about the draft lottery. And so I think they, they just, did too. I think yeah, they did so too. they just jumped into that package and then Anderson makes a joke. Well, um, earlier in the day on uh, Tuesday, Anderson apologized to White Cloud. Uh, White Cloud, very emotional, says he has a lot of pride. And uh, he was talking to the media on Tuesday and it turned out to be an unnecessary distraction, if nothing else. And here's White Cloud, who seems like he's a genuinely nice guy. I don't know him personally, but he seems like a good dude, 26-year-old kid. And suddenly he's thrust into like a national spotlight. And it's just like, how do you handle that? I scored a goal. I'm the first defenseman to score a goal in the playoffs for VGK. And then he goes, I find out on social media that they made a joke and a mockery of my name, which, of course, in his culture, it's very important. Their name is very important to that culture and their history. And White Cloud, I found this a little bit surprising. He said, in my culture, you know, we would go to that person and say, hey, you know, um, I know you messed up. Like, how can I help? So he called, got the number for John Anderson. And Anderson did apologize publicly. And then he probably and then he also apologized to White Cloud, but just unnecessary and just an unfortunate situation. And I think that it was an honest mistake uh, by John Anderson. I don't think that it was done with malicious intent at all. But, you know, for White Cloud, though, you're suddenly thrust into a national spotlight and like what's going on here right after the game. So a few things here and you know, you hit the, I, I actually was looking up his age right before you pulled that up and right before he said that. And it's a lot for a kid to take and He's 26. He's a kid. I'm 42. He's 26. He's a kid in my head. Um, you know, just maybe, maybe fair foul or otherwise. Here's my little thing about it. At first I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I text Tony. I'm like, okay, we'll hit this for a couple of minutes and we'll, we'll move forward. And that was before I saw, white clouds you know perspective on it and how it shook him up and everything and you know it gets you thinking a little bit i mean newsflash we're all gonna die someday folks hear me out here for a second okay that's not a good take right there but no, that's, that's the a take. bad take it's a bad take. so moving forward from you that you just though, offended me with that take well there you go well fair enough go uh nah, no jokes right now no so jokes. going forward from that when we do part whenever that may be hopefully much more down the road for all of us than sooner but you know, you leave behind your family, your legacy, and your name. And a name is sacred. It's sacred to everybody, regardless of your background, where you're from, you know. And when someone does make a mockery of it, especially for, you know, Zach Whitecloud and, you know, his his culture, I guess that's the right way to say that, Mm -hmm. it hits hard. And, you know, when I'm not around, you know, hopefully a long, long time from now, I hope to leave behind a good name that, you know, my family can carry on and stuff like that. And if you insult my name in a way, especially if you don't know me, especially if you don't, you know, know anything about me, you know, it's, um, it's going to hurt. And um, you might see a side of me that, you know, only a few people have been unfortunate or fortunate enough to see at times. So, you know, that's where I'm ultimately going with this. You know, you don't, 
especially in a time like that. Like, like you said, he wasn't trying to, you know, put him down like that. It just kind of came out and that's ESPN's edginess and stuff. And, you know, that's part of what got him to where they are now, you know, taking those chances and things that they say and stuff. But this one backfired. Timing was bad. The taste was bad. Everything was bad. And, you know, kudos to Zach Whitecloud for how he handled this makes a learning opportunity of it. And, you know, it's just um, an unnecessary distraction kind of getting back to the hockey side of things, but this also pulls a locker room together and I'm sure all his teammates, you know, showed, Hey, we got your back. And uh, if uh, that gentleman shows his face in the locker room after a game, you know, send out Petrangelo to handle it. Okay. Uh, it, That's and, my joke. And, <laughs> and Edmonton, Edmonton, you know, is near and dear to uh, white cloud. He grew up, I think 30 minutes away from there. And also, you know, if you watch the games and their opening ceremonies, yes, they show the indigenous culture and they salute that culture right on their jumbotron and everything else yes. which i thought was such a cool thing really because uh the history they really embrace that before they do the anthems and so uh yeah hopefully everyone moves forward and it was just unfortunate as we said yeah no uh, oh, let's take a look uh quickly at our picks yeah i'm gonna go with uh <laughs> i'm gonna say that uh i'm gonna say that we will see this uh battle sort of level out and i'm looking for a really good game and I'm going to say 5-4, and I'm going to go with Edmonton in OT. I think we're due for an overtime Crusher. game. And Crusher. I just think I just think that it would be fitting at this stage. And I'm going to go uh, with uh, Riley Smith, and I'm going to go with Mr. Turnover himself, Shea Ooh, Theodore. Theodore. Seven games in the playoffs, three assists. But I was looking at his numbers. Get this. In 95 playoff games. He has 58 points. It's pretty good. It's pretty so good bad. for a defenseman. So hopefully he can get everything straight there and get his head cleared and then just stop turning the puck over and stop it with that move where you fake and the, just fire the stinking puck. No more toe drags. No, no more, more toe, toe drags. Back. No more messing with the puck at the blue line. No, he does um, the pump fake thing and then he moves over, slides over and then he does the toe drag and then he fires the shot and then it's blocked. I'm drinking the Aiden Hill Kool-Aid first and foremost. I think Hill's going to have a really big game. Um, I think only one puck gets behind Aiden Hill. And I think uh, VGK finds a way to pot four tomorrow night. I'm going four to, or tonight. Pardon me. It's actually recording on, on Tuesday. No, it's not good Wednesday. when we record at anyway. night. No. no, 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 no. I was going to drink, but I decided not to. Maybe I should by now. No, so uh, four to one Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I want to see Stone and Marches. So I'm going to basically... Uh, keep going with our leaders to uh, have big games in what's possibly the biggest game of the season. Definitely for the Oilers. Um, VGK has got some house money in this game, so they can go in this game pretty relaxed, but I think that's going to be advantage Vegas golden Knights. And I think they're going to find a way to get this done. I'm going to give a, uh, you know, the edge to uh, Cassidy for finding ways to be a step ahead of Woodcroft in the adjustments. And, you know, it's a team game, not a dry sidle McDavid game. It's not even just a, a power play game. Although if they do make it a power play and special teams battle, that's not good. Um, I'm going to say this. I think I've said this every show for the last eight or nine days now. If VGK can win or tie the special teams battle, three of the however many games the series is going to go, VGK will advance. In three games, we've tied twice and lost once. So there you go. So VGK 4-1, to one, Stone and March or so. I'll give you a little Chris's pick tomorrow on Twitter. <laughs> 
Okay. And I also think that it's going to be important to watch how the referees officiate this game because they did let a lot of the nonsense. They teams both, both teams sides. got away with both it. Sides. Yeah. Both, both sides. sides got away with it, especially early on in the first period. And the big one I thought that they missed was the high stick by Eichel skates down the other end and they score the goal. And I thought that that was sort of a backbreaker. Um, so hopefully it's oh, not sure. decided by officiating. I just don't, you know, um, and if, if they're oh, not well, go on, yeah, go on the Oilers of uh, Twitter and, and tell me it's not decided by, uh, and if by officiating, <laughs> if they're not going to blow the whistle, okay, then let them just maul each other. Like to see that. So that's with be a lot Listen, of fun. the refs, I don't want them having a part in this game. I mean, obviously if it's gotta be called, it's gotta be called, but you know, the, um, the perspective penalties, the ones that are left to a little more interpretation, let it go. It's, if it, unless it's a scoring chance, something dumb after the whistle, something dangerous, let it go and let the teams figure it out for both sides. And Foley just, uh, he just sweetened the pot too for the reps. Uh, he's going to give them a sweet at the, the Oakland A's, Las Vegas A's games at the Tropicana. Wherever the stadium is going to be. Field. Yeah, wherever, wherever it's going to be. Coming up on tomorrow's show, of course, we'll have a recap of tonight's game. We thank all of our everydayers for tuning in, the folks that are with us each and every day. Uh, keep pumping all those comments. We really do appreciate it. We try to get back to as many of you as possible. Sometimes during the game, we want to watch the game, but we'll get <laughs> back and we like the conversation. Tomorrow's a little easier. It's a later game. Yeah, it's a back and forth. And again, face-off time at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, Pacific time. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.